Welcome to the 1 million euro stories. I am Eris. I talk to people from the business world about their mission and money and their rise to success. I love to talk about venture capital, sales, the psychology of marketing, tech ecosystem, and the matrices of success. I am welcoming our guests to the studio. Welcome, introduce yourself. Um, thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Shakufe, and I'm an entrepreneur based in Amsterdam. As we were in the pandemic, when you asked for help, did you do that um, by phone or do you, what kind of ways were you reaching out for help? Uh, well, I, um, I'm part of a couple of networks in the Netherlands that even during the pandemic, we had regular meetings. Uh, with each other and one of the meetings especially was about what are your needs what do you need at this moment for your business and um, we were large group of uh, mainly ladies that we were getting together and we were talking and basically networking and helping each other supporting each other at that moment because it was a difficult time for everyone our our normal way of living was jeopardized and we had to stay home we didn't have contact with anybody. Most of um, my people in my network, they were coaches and they were, they were having in-person workshops. All of that were gone. So we were looking for um, new innovative solutions of what to do next. Yes. So you were like in a, in a business network and everybody was in there. You could ask questions like what you said, what you need and what I can help you with. Yes, yes. And I'm so happy that there were so many events at that time. There were so many um, gatherings and online um, events that were happening at the, during pandemic that we could reach out and ask for help. Yeah, because it sounds as really important part as well, if I hear for your success. Of course, a part is for yourself, how you deal with everything and with the situation and pivoted to a different business model and also researching it and making your own website. But then for the promotion, when everything is there and you've done everything, you've done your work, also to feel like, okay, I need to reach out. And that you had a, a really like influential network which you could help you with. Yes, exactly. Um, and I received great help and support from them. From the group. And I'm wondering, when you're there huh, at that network, and you know you, you're going to ask for help. How did it feel for the, when you were reaching out for the first time? Well, I, I was a bit um, embarrassed. or um, Yeah, I was a bit embarrassed that I don't know this. I thought everybody knows it. But then when I saw the reaction and everybody was like, yes, this is the same situation, same scenario for us. Then I realized that, oh, so a lot of people are also um, struggling or they're, they're facing the same problems and they're looking for solutions. So there's no um, shame in asking for help or asking questions that might seem easy, but everybody or most people are dealing with it on, the, uh, on a daily basis. 
interesting that you say embarrassed. And do you know where that feeling comes from that you feel embarrassed about it? Yes, I would say it, it's cultural because um, I'm um, coming from a culture and also uh, the, the education that I had also uh, throughout my university in the UK. Um, you should know all the answers yourself. Like you should be very much, you should be smart. You should be perfect, basically, to come up with all the answers uh, yourself and not asking for help. So if, if you ask for help, you might seem as uh, stupid sometimes. Um, so I would say that it comes from the cultural background and also education uh, background. Yeah, this is really interesting. And I also feeling like that you are also breaking that barrier as well. Yes, um, it's it's. I would say it's difficult to get uh, to um, break your previous habits, your previous limit limited beliefs or barriers, as you call them, and uh, create new ones. But as soon as you breach that gap or breach from the old habits to the new ones, um, it's very very rewarding and um, very nice. Yeah, because it's really, like you say, it's a habit, a habit of not asking and a habit of doing it on your own. And sometimes you can get so far on your own and you can get away with so many things. But then, like you say, it comes to a point you cannot do it anymore. And like you say, it's a habit of doing it and also breaking that habit and saying like, okay, this is enough. I cannot do it anymore. And I don't even know it. This whole marketing stuff. <laughs> yes. You know, I just don't know how I'm going to be found because the website is there, but you know, it's not that everybody just rushes there. Although I also was hoping for those things always to happen, but it's not. Um, how did it feel when you were breaking old habits? Um, it's, it's challenging. It's very much challenging because it's, like structure of a building that's made of metal and then you have to restructure and put everything together in a different shape so it's very challenging and initially it takes a long time to to, to break a habit but as soon as you become more flexible to adopt a new um, way of thinking a new way of living um, it can become your daily life that you say, oh, I can do it the other way. You know, that's that's not the only way of doing things. You can, I can do it any other way other yeah. than my old one. So I'm just wondering when you asked like the first time for help and you said you felt embarrassed, but people were also willing to help you because they were similar situation. How did it go after that? Um, I was very much relieved um, because initially I was very much nervous when, when I was asking, I was embarrassed, but afterwards I was very much relieved that I can ask anything, I can reach out and I, I can receive help. So I'm not all my, on my own because as, as an entrepreneur, you start by yourself and very few people, um, they understand or they share um, your passion for what you're doing and your passion for changing the world in this way. Not many people basically they're on the same, not many people on the same page as you, um, as what you want to do. But after that, I was relieved and I I felt supported. I felt that 
I've been understood somehow and I'm not alone uh, in this whole um, basically world of doing business. And if you look at the 10 Fit app, what was the vision you had for it? For the app? Yeah. Well, um, I want, I want uh, my forever vision, as I mentioned before, is to make a positive impact in the world. And I, um, I wanted to facilitate exercising for everybody, um, not to be bound to one gym, not to be bound by, you know, not to be a lot of gyms. They bound you to the, to the membership and you're not allowed to cancel. And if you go to flexible membership, they're even more expensive. So I dealt with all those problems and especially being um, a consultant and traveling all the time. It was not easy to exercise. So I wanted to create a system that everybody can use around the world and exercise anywhere they are and stay healthy and happy because it's not only about physical health, it's about mental health. Exercise helps us to be happier, to be more positive and to, to live a better life. So that was my passion by creating the Tanfit app to um, change people's lives for better and for more positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can really feel that. And also when you then moved to the sportswear, what was your vision with that? Um, to make exercising easier. So I realized that I'm not contributing to making exercise for them in um, through going different gyms and different sports classes. Um, I'm not helping in that part, but I can help them to to feel comfortable in their clothing. It, sh- it should be like the second skin that they wear and they, they can go and exercise or they can wear it all day long because in, uh, in the time of lockdown, we were working from home. So we could be in our leggings, we could be in our comfortable active wear. So that was <laughs> one of the main points, um, actually just to give that comfort. Uh, but staying in style so being stylish as well yeah and I think in this especially in this pandemic time staying comfortable and you know all your jogging pants and sweatshirts and things on I think it really was really important I had a lot of them as well so I can really relate to that so when you you know took the time to hire somebody for the marketing how did it go with the public uh, and knowing your new business uh, initially, it was uh, very uh, slow because um, uh, for any marketing campaign, and this is something that I learned along the way, that if you start a marketing campaign on social media or on any other platforms, you have to leave it. You have to leave a couple of uh, months for it to receive any kind of feedback, especially if it's a new business. You have to be patient and wait for the results. So I was very much restless in the first few months that I'm not receiving the results that I was expecting before. Um, so it was a learning process for me to um, realize that this is a longer term project. So marketing is going to take longer for me to, uh, to be reflected in my business. And how long does it take for you? Well, um, with the Instagram, uh, with the social media marketing, it took around six months to um, establish as a brand and for customers to know you around. And then we started also with influencer marketing. So to send products to influencers 
they can show off to their um, follower space. And then through that, you get more attraction. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's also a lot of patience um, for that, you know, for that seed really literally to grow. Yes, a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of patience. And also um, when networking events, not only the social media marketing helps, my networking events, being in different conferences, because at, at the time of pandemic, there were also so many conferences, online conferences, mm-hmm. online events, and any events that I was there, I was going and promoting uh, Tanfit Activewear. So n- probably I had, a, um, I had a lot of clients from marketing, but I also had a lot from promoting it in different communities, in different platforms myself. So there are different dimensions uh, into uh, marketing your business and you have to use all of that, not to underestimate any of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There are different, a lot of different ways. Yeah. And if you now look at, you know, the the 10 fit app, is it still in your mind? Uh, It is on my mind actually, because um, as I said, I, I, didn't give up it's still um it's resting and it's going to be activated at the right time and i um started collaborating with the university of utrecht to 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 carry out a couple of research in the meantime and uh, we targeted um local gyms family gyms in smaller cities also in the netherlands virtual fitness personal training and so we are adapting we're changing the app to um, adapt to the current situation that uh, we have to make it more uh, user-friendly and uh, more innovative, I would say, uh, to, be, to be in line with our new habits after the lockdown. So it, it's still in, on my mind and um, hopefully it will be activated at the right time in, in the coming years. Because what I find so really amazing is that you, you know, you made a different path, um, had new ways of making money and also related to your business with, with the clothing wear. Now you're still, you know, looking at the app, looking at different possibility because life has changed, of course, everything after the pandemic. Um, and do you have enough money to, to build the app, to make the app and make everything work? Well, I think one of the great... Um results of starting the active bear was that I now now I can make money and also save money uh, to invest in the app because mm-hmm. I remember in it, when I moved here um, in 2019 I was also approaching different venture capitals and different funding routes and it is very difficult especially as an expat when you don't have uh, roots in the new society that you're entering and you're asking for funding uh, it can be very challenging uh, to receive so many no's from different organizations because you believe in your uh, product. You believe that you're going to change the world. But when you when you hear no, um, it's a kind of um, setback also for yourself that this is perfect. Why nobody's believing in me? Mm-hmm. So... As a result of starting the active work, now I have the flexibility of making money and also um, putting money further into the app. Mm-hmm. So looking for venture capitals or external funding 
is not the only way uh, to invest your business. You can have a side business or you can, you can invest in uh, some other projects uh, and make money for your app. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a way. And when you started you know, going to venture capitalists, how was it for you to approach them? Well, I had to learn initially for me, I had to learn about their, um, their habits and um, the conversations that is going on and also what they're looking for and uh, prepare uh, the presentation based on what they're looking for. And also um, to, to guide myself to talk about the things that's more important to them. So it, it's a lot of work and for each venture capital and each investor, you have to um, basically have a different approach of talking to them and uh, approaching them. Um, so it, it was very difficult um, to understand and also to talk the language is very difficult because the, the la- their language is mostly money and basically quick wins for some of the investors, but some of the venture capitals is quick win. So they look at your project and they see that, okay, this is not gonna make million in the next two years or in the next five years, it's a no. So it's not if it's not about if the project is good or if it's helping society, it's mainly uh, money oriented. And while you were just going to venture capitalists, could you also did you also encounter a few who could see your dream and, and feel what you were trying to bring across? Well, I had, I think, from two of the venture capitals. Um, um, two of the employees, they reached out and they told me that they believe in my projects and they, they referred me actually to other venture capitals or other investment routes or other um, incubators, basically other organizations that can help me with the funding. So there were people in the teams that were actually seeing the value um, for the society and the value in, in, in the app. Um, but um, they didn't have as much power to convince the whole team. Um, yeah, to have Tamfit on board. So there were still, there are people believing in your app and what you were doing, but they didn't have, have enough power to make it come true. Exactly, yes. Because they have a lot of politics and they have different um, conversation among themselves. And you were just pointing out in the beginning that like you said like some of, you were looking at some of the habits of the venture capitalists and which habits would you be looking at? Um, well, how um, the best way to say that is that how they look at projects, um, what industries are they are more interested in or how they see uh, female founders because there were some of the venture capitals who, who were more um, inclined to have female founders and they were looking to have more diversity and inclusion. Uh, but there were other venture capitals that they were mostly focused on the projects and how it is presented and how, what, how are, it, are the financials. So based on that, I would approach and uh, speak to them. So it, it, it's a bit of process to do the research about the person. I think in, in any meeting, not only with venture capitals, you should know who, who you, are you talking about and do a bit of research and then um, basically 
approach and be in the meeting um, to get desired results. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you were going to different venture capitalists, you, you tried. When was the point that you uh, decide to make a different move? I would say that uh, pandemic helped. The pandemic, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because even before then, I was still looking at different venture capitals or even different platforms that you could put your app and basically receive funding from uh, from their um, audience. Like a lot of they had a lot of uh, people registered to the website and they put money into different apps. It could be ten euro, it could be fifteen euro, it could be thousand euros, and they would receive. Um, Ben, uh, profits as a result based on their share in the in the app so i was approaching different methods and different companies to get funding and the pandemic was the point that basically put a start, stop into that into all of that that made it stop that helped as well and you then took the time to pivot a new idea or like you would like to say to reinvent yourself to yeah. a new idea and to make money with that and then still the app can still be possible. Exactly, yes. In the future. And if you just look back, what are you... Grateful for my network. Because uh, at those difficult times, we would get together and we would motivate and support each other. So I'm very much grateful um, uh, to to my network, especially uh, PWN. Uh, We had a lot of events. And we gathered almost on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. And we would talk and sometimes presentation uh, but and networking. So that was the thing that kept me going and kept me motivated. Uh, we were all in the same situation. We were all going through the same route. And uh, we kept each other basically alive and uh, hopeful for the future. Mm. Yeah, I can hear that. That sounds really amazing. And the last question that I have for you is, um, and what are you most grateful for from yourself? Well, I am, I'm grateful in myself that I have the, the drive and um, the courage uh, to move forward and not to, to be stuck in one situation after setbacks in my life. So, um, yeah. I'm grateful for my courage and I, for my self-motivation, basically. And then as a result, and then hard work as a yeah. result. Yeah. That sounds really beautiful to be grateful for your courage. <laughs> I definitely love that. Well, it's just, it was so amazing talking to you, Jokofe. Thank you very much. I just have a, a quick message because... Um, our whole conversation was about reinventing yourself. Um, a lot of people feel stuck um, or they think that nothing's working, um, everything's bad. Um, I think that's the time that you have to reinvent yourself. You have to look um, to break, you have to break your old habits and create new ones. So feeling of stuck and feeling that the world is going to end is definitely bad, but we have to move on and create a new future, new habits and a new way of living for ourselves. And I hope um, 
basically your audience uh, will benefit from uh, this advice because I, I had a lot of people um, that they can get stuck in one point in their lives and not to move forward. And um, but you have to change and um, change your point of view, change your habits and make a new life for yourself. Yeah, I think you say it really beautifully because it's really about reinventing yourself, breaking old habits where you're stuck in, moving past that and looking for new opportunities. And I really think that courage is also a part of that. Yes. Yes, a big part. Well said. <laughs> Thank you so much, Yokofe. Thank you for having me. This was an episode of the 1 Million Euro Stories. There is a new world to unlock. Let's believe. Let's be bold. Let's be fierce. Let us Open a new door. I am Aris from the One Million Euro Stories. Thank you for listening. And if you want to make sure that you know when a new episode comes out, from the 1 million euro stories click on subscribe on your podcast app and you will be notified when a new episode comes out thank you for listening and i will see you next time